idea what your first question was. Hey, Chromatics, how are you, man? Matthew, how are you? Thank you, Matthew. I guess they're not on mic, right? Okay, so welcome everyone. This is actually going to be our last workshop in the series. Um, so we'll do all our wrapping up at the end, but today we're gonna be speaking with Errol about urban music, quote unquote urban music. I know some of us don't like to use that term, but at least we all understand it. <laughs> um, and Canadian radio, uh, just a little bit about how emerging artists can gain exposure for their music, um, and just a little bit about what that side of the industry is like. If you've been here for the five <laughs> weeks, you know me already, I'm Karis. Um, but I'll introduce myself for those who don't. So I'm a singer, songwriter, music producer. Um, started out on creative side of things solely, just uh, doing music for myself. And then I went to study music business, which is actually where Errol and I met at Harris. Yeah. Um, and from that, it's kind of just been immersing myself in music business stuff, working at different jobs in the industry. Um, and now I'm currently at AfroWave um, and hosting these workshops for you all to get more information on what that's on what the business side of the industry is like. Uh, just a couple of things before I hand over to Errol so he can introduce himself. Um, so as I said, disclaimer, I'm, I'm in Jamaica, you may hear environmental noise. I'll try to mute as much as I can. Um, but also we are recording the session. So if you know someone who wanted to be here, but wasn't able to, uh, they'll be able to access that on our website. I'll just throw that in here. If you want to take that down. So it's www.afrowaveto.com. And of course, if you have any questions, you can shoot us a message um, at Afrowave teal or operations at afrowaveteal.com. Um, if you have questions, so we actually have a designated Q&A section after we speak with Errol. Um, you can put your questions in the Q&A. We will get to them. I promise you that once you've sent it through, I see it. Um, if it's something we can address right away, then we will get to that. If it's something I think we could leave till a little bit later, just so that we keep it flowing, um, we will address them at the end in the Q&A section. Alrighty, so we have Errol Nazareth with us today. I'm gonna hand over to him, just let him introduce um, himself, tell you a little bit about uh, who he is and what he's been doing in the industry. Welcome, Errol. Hey guys, welcome. Uh, <clears throat> and Matthew, Phoenix, Gio. Um, yeah, I wish more, more people came out because yeah. this really is an issue um, that has been, um, it's been a constant um, well before I, got into media and will always be there, I think, unfortunately. Um, so I began my um, music journalism career really like maybe early 90s, um, Scarborough Mirror. And it was funny because you'd be going to the Scarborough Mirror reading all about like politicians and ribbon cutting ceremonies. And then you get to the section with James Brown on the cover <laughs> or like a local hip hop act, you know. Yeah. So it was great to have all that freedom to like talk about different artists and stuff. And then from there, I ended up in um, at Now Magazine, where I was writing strictly, you know, black politics, racism, censorship, those kinds of issues. And from there, I jumped to The Sun, which is where a lot of people know me from, because every Friday I would write a column on, it was either hip hop or, you know, for lack of a better term, global music or what was being called world music at that point. 
Um, and I still have people who actually around people like Ron Nelson and stuff, they still on Instagram, he'll post an article that I wrote in the sun from like 1993. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel old. But he's got this massive archive of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, there was an act that Ron got me interested in called Rumble and Strong. So uh, one the guy was a DJ and one guy was a MC. And I remember featuring them in, in the Scarborough Mirror. So it was like a lot of, you know, good times, which, which is what the section was called, good times. It sounds so like suburban, you know? <laughs> but it was at the Scarborough Mirror where, you know, I've always had a love for, um, I mean, music, but especially you now black music, music from every corner of the world. And when I was there, it was just like, it's, it just, they gave me all the freedom in the world to interview whoever I wanted. So, you know, everyone from, you know, Socrates before he was well known to like, all the artists on Def Jam and, you know, um, the grassroots and Kish and Thrust and all these people. So, you know, writing about the music in a very kind of, you know, respectful way. Um, I think people saw that. And so that's how that column, um, you know, it's currency kind of grew. And then from there, um, a couple of people from CBC, um, approached me and said, have you ever considered doing radio? And I was like, no. And, you know, with a lot of guidance and mentorship, um, they brought me on board. And, you know, for the context of this discussion, they were, um, you know, white, white people wasn't like, right? yeah, someone came, you know, from another community saying, hey, you should come on here. They saw uh, what I was doing and the worth that it had. And there too, I had a lot of freedom, you know, to do stuff. Uh, and then, you know, starting to host Big City, Small World, which airs on Saturday evenings, uh, which focuses strictly on the local music scene. Mm-hmm. And the mandate for that show is, is, is a very strict mandate. It has to be GTA artists and um, artists from diverse communities. So n- pretty much non-white artists, right? Mm-hmm. So in every show, you might hear like a couple of like indie acts and stuff, because I mean, I love that shit. I grew up in, I lived in England for a while and I love guitars and punk and all that other shit. But my heart is in, in, in amplifying voices from these different communities. So pretty much what's happened is from Scarborough Mirror days right till now, um, it's still doing that, you know, and people that I knew back then, I'm still kind of, you know, so Mishi, who I knew before, you know, around the time she blew up and yeah. Danny, you know, I'm still writing about those guys and still talking about them on the radio. So every step I made, it went higher and higher, you know, just brought, brought those folks along with me, you know? In terms of, um, you know, so yeah, that's, a, that's an interest. So if you want to start with the questions and we can go from there. Sure. Uh, so the first thing, just so we can kind of set context for everyone was uh, you started out in, you said writing, like journalism. Um, journalism, yeah. And then how, how long have you been in radio specifically? Radio about 15 years, I would say, yeah. Okay. Is there, did you see in terms of the transition was there a difference for you in terms of the issues that you had to address? Was it, was it the same? What did it look like in terms of the landscape for, um, you know, minority groups and, and artists? Yeah, um, it was the same. Uh, <clears throat> you know, in, in, in music journalism at that time, there were, I don't know, there weren't that many people writing about hip hop from, you know, this perspective of world or, or global music from out this perspective, right? Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was pretty much like a white thing all along. Would um, you say that it's the same 
today or has it changed? Have you seen changes? In- it's changed a bit. I mean, the fact that, you know, CBC Music, which is like, you know, um, has a black music show two mm-hmm. hours every night, five days of the week. Uh, that's a big, that's a huge win for the culture, you know? Yeah. And that came along only because, and I have to really mention his name because, you know, Steve Jordan used to be with the Polaris Prize. Mm-hmm. And when he joined CBC as an executive, um, he called me and we talked about, because I, I also do a show there now, like it's a national show and it airs on Tuesday evenings and it's pretty much focused on global music that's being made here and yeah. all over the world. And we had some long conversations about the kind of show I wanted and the vision for it. And he mentioned that he was going to do something with the block. And so, but you know, 2021, right? That's a long time to wait to, yeah. to come along, which I mean, it, you know, we, have, we, we, we celebrate these, these things, but at the same time, you're like, like, why, why did it take so long? Yeah. Well, we're not in, in we're not really in those positions of power. You sound like you look at the thing and sort of go, play this or, you know, get this person to do this, right? Like kind of thing I was doing when I was, um, when I was at the Scarborough Mirror, Mm -hmm. at the Sun, at iWeekly, at CBC, you know, I still like before pandemic time, still go out. I went to an Afro wave show that we had talked about and was kind of blown away by, by what I was seeing. Um, And it's from there that you discover people and go like, Hey, you know, like, yeah. some music and let's do this and, and whatever right yeah. or or people it's it's really interesting you know um you either go out to to you know quote unquote to listen to stuff and then you end up discovering something mm-hmm. um or people study and watch what you're doing pretty carefully and will reach out to you and go mm-hmm. okay uh, this guy's doing this with a real sense of respect for my culture, even though he's not yeah. from that culture. I, I think Phoenix maybe ever reached out to me that way. Maybe I, I knew her through sorority and whatnot. And I've played her many times on the show. So it's either that that happens, but I don't see other broadcasters and journalists really kind of doing that work. They're mm-hmm. kind of waiting for someone else to break the artist, you know? Which was one of the questions I actually, I guess we could talk about it a little bit more um, once we kind of get through that. Um, was just about your approach to finding music and and how how you discovered the artists that you play. Mm. Um, if it's a mixture, if you um, if they, they submit you, to you, if you find them, how how do you come across? Yeah, them? yeah. this is a good question. I get asked that a lot because people are like, "Where do you find this stuff?" Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, yesterday on my national show, frequencies that I was on CBC mm-hmm. Music. We played an all all women Mexican rock group, like these women rockers, and it's like it's like punk. It was fucking amazing. It was a great yeah. track, and we ended off with a track by a seventy-seven year old Pakistani singer, who's wow. the last living exponent of a devotional style of music that's that goes back a thousand years. Mm-hmm. When he dies, that tradition is over, right? So people say like, where do you find this stuff? So there's a lot of work involved. I mean. So for example, let's, let's focus on big city, which focuses on the local scene, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it comes from different places. So several publicists I've been working with for many years know what the show is about, know the show's vision and mandate. So they'll reach out and go, for example, Lexicon works with Ola at Indo Recess. Yeah. So Indo Recess, I know Ola well, you know, you know, 
a lot of respect for her. So she'll say, hey, you know, Lexicon's got this new track, check it out, whatever, whatever. Listen to it. Okay, it's nice, I'll play it. If not, I won't. Um, then I'll go to another level. So if, if I play the track and I'll touch base with Lexicon and be like, hey, you know, when's the next Afrowave? And he'll be like, okay, you know, you should come out to Baby G, which is, I think, one of the last live shows I saw. And so I went there. It was a, it was a nice night. Um, right at Bath, um, Dundas West, right? Was that back in 2019? Yeah. I think I performed at that show. Maybe you did. I thought, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so. So that happened. And then from there, I'll be like, wow. So if I like, forgive me for saying this, but I don't remember, but I mean, if yeah. so an artist and go, wow, you know, like, do you have any music? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I go that extra step. And just that's me being a music geek. I'm not here to pat myself on the back. I don't, I, I've never been in that for that. And anyone who knows me knows that. So that's, the, that, so those are ways where you just get deeper into certain communities and you make those connections, right? Mm-hmm. Another way is just me being a music head and sort of going like I'm on Instagram, on, on Twitter a lot, or sometimes I'll just blast through Instagram and say, you know, Trippy have put a, a new video out. I'll be like, holy fuck, man, that's pretty powerful. <laughs> Direct message them, even though I don't know them and say, yeah. hey, Phoenix, it's Errol from Big City. I love this track. Can you send it to me? I'm going to consider it for radio play, right? Or people will reach out to me if they feel comfortable enough to reach out and be like, and this is the important part. There's, there's two ways of doing this uh, and I have to be very kind of clear on it. One is a very professional way and one is a very kind of like, mm-hmm. someone once just started with, that, that was the opening line. That doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. Oh, I think say, Thank you. Um, that means a lot, I appreciate it. On the other hand, if you say, hey, you know, Errol, I'm a big fan of Big City and I, you know, you've been playing a lot of Nigerian stuff and, you know, I just came here and I'm kind of mixing Afro beats with house or with jazz, you know, you might like this track. What do you think? Let me know, whatever. So it's a two-way thing. I'll find stuff. People send stuff to me. And then, you know, my producer, Alexa, you know, God bless her. She, um, you know, she's, she's French indigenous and I don't know where she finds stuff from. She plays like so much great African music. I'm not sure where yeah. she's finding it. Yeah. <laughs> she loves Lexicon's like that too. Like he'll come and he'll bring me like a list of 12 artists to go through to choose for a showcase. I'm like, I am living in the same city as you. I don't know these people. Um, but some people do just have that that ear for it or you know, their ears to the ground. They know yeah. people who yeah. come in. And then and then there's and then there's there's another level, like so the interaction of like okay, I got the track, I like it. Or sometimes if I'm like right now, I'm just like completely like overwhelmed because I also teach three la- big big groups at Humble mm-hmm. College, the radio program. So there's like 20 in each, so there's like 60 papers, right, of grading, yeah. right? And then you're working on two shows at the same time. So there are times I'll just get an email and just like, Alexa, you can take care of this. Yeah. So she gets back to someone, she gets back to them. If not, I would urge people not to feel like we're disrespecting them or mm. sometimes there's not enough time I hours in the day to listen to all the music we get. Yeah. On the other hand, there are bands that I've liked and play a lot right on the show. And those very bands, our musicians will drop something and I'll be like, I, I don't like this. Mm. So like, I just won't play it. Um, but people, people know that, they know that everything that they make 
it's not going to hit or they know that, you know, but it, it's, it's a long process. So it's just like sending your, your resume out, right? Like, yeah. um, um, you know, you, you have to keep trying until it kind of really sticks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you, do you think that it's, because um, I know like Phoenix just made a comment too, and it, it's actually a thought that I had that a lot of people um, from my knowledge, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, don't search for music the way, the way that you have, you know, described in depth that you do. Um, do you think that that could have something to do with discovering artists who are in minority groups and just their access to being able to get exposure on, on the radio? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think, I think your reputation and, and your record plays a big role in that, you know, um, around the time when the George Floyd murder went down, the black lives matter was just really yeah. in everyone's faces, you know, rightfully yeah. so. Uh, we did a special show where we just wanted to amplify like local black voices, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I was talking with Keisha Fresh, you know, and she and she was like, I, I know you, I, I know your record. And if anybody steps to you and says, well, you know, this is some kind of performative allyship, because a lot of white organizations were doing mm -hmm. that, right? Yeah. Flying the Black Lives Matter flag and hashtags and shit. But a few months later, like they don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. She goes, anyone steps to you, you know, let, let me know. And she, it was very sweet that she said that because she goes, you know, your heart's always been in the right place, you know. Yeah. Um, what happens from that is like, if people sense that you're, you know, you're writing about music and a culture which you're not from and you're doing it in a very respectful way, mm -hmm. uh, word gets around, right? So someone like Phoenix would be like, hey, Errol, you know, um, you've really got to check out this artist. She's got the most amazing voice let me flip you an email or here's a link, right? Yeah. Uh, and then it just grows. My database just grows. I'm like, wow, okay, thanks for that. And mm. I mean, there are times we'll play an artist on the show. One time I played one of my students on the show. Mm. This um, guy was like, great R&B singer. Yeah. He was a real idiot to me at the end of the semester because he just didn't do his work and just fucked <laughs> oh, around. But you know, <laughs> regardless, like, we, I, like and I was walking out of the classroom and I was like, and there were these kids around, you're talking about discovery, right? There were these kids yeah. listening to like the stuff. And I'm like, who's singing? This kid's name was Jafari. And he's like, that's a great fucking track. Send me the file. He yeah. did. I liked it. We played it, you know? That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's like what happened when I spoke at Trev. It's like two or three of you guys sent me files and I liked it. And I ended up playing on the radio, right? Because yeah. I know, I know how hard it is to to be seen, right? And to get that kind of like play, right? Like, even with a show like The Block, just because it's a two hour black music show, does that mean you're just gonna walk in there? Not, not necessarily, you know? Yeah. I think that it's, that is definitely incredible that you still, you still try to discover music so organically. Cause it's, it's definitely something that, for example, I know um, that Lex and I talk about all the time. Cause we do tons and tons of, research just looking at for example I know one of the, in, the interesting statistics that um, he had showed to me was just the amount of of uh, quote-unquote black music that gets funded <laughs> versus mm. music in other genres that are um, you know <clears throat> like rock and, and punk and stuff like that like the percentages were I don't remember them off my head now but it was just it was like an incredible gap to see and 
we kind of talked about it and talked about why that could be. And we didn't think that it was just, you know, that it was a, a bias just in it and of itself, but rather just not having that kind of interaction with that type of music and, and those artists in those genres, not which is how you know the series came about, those artists in those genres not even having the access to yeah. information to understand how to submit for these grants. And so at the end of the day, that pool, there isn't much to choose from. And so I think too that there, there are a lot of artists that are trying to get the information, trying to figure out how to access stuff, but the industry is kind of like shut a lot of emerging artists out. Because even being in Toronto, trying to get to people, trying to figure out who does this, who does that, um, how do I get my music to them? Or how do I get to sit down with them? It's like yeah. you go through, it's like a glass ceiling. Like you go through so many different persons and then sometimes you still don't even end up getting an opportunity just to say, hey, this is what I do. So I think it's very incredible that you you still kind of keep that up. Because it, it takes work. Like I know a lot of people that could probably yeah. just sit down and wait for music to be submitted to them. Even working with Afrowave, we have people that submit to us as well. And you know, we could sit and just be like, oh, we'll just let people submit. But it's so important that we go out and find people too, because there are people who don't even know that Afrowave yeah. exists. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, just on your part, that helps so much with with access for for Black artists and people in minority groups. Like just being able to have someone say, hey, the door is open, like you can send me your stuff. Um, you know, it's not a guarantee that I play it, but I'll listen to it because a lot of artists don't even get the chance to have someone yeah. listen to and it. It's tough to, I mean, the reality also is that like, you know, besides this one hour show that's dedicated mm -hmm. to, you know, black music world, global music, whatever you want to call it, like who else is playing this stuff, right? Yep. Like, yeah. And that's something it's that fun. was reflected even in, in me, like I had to find the panelists that we would have for this workshop. Um, and for the series, and it was like, I messaged Lex, I was like, hey Lex, like, do you know any recommendations? Because it's the same names, you know, the same people from, uh, like, who do grant writing, it's the same people in radio, it's the same, like, it's the same name uh -huh. every time. And so we had that where we're like, because last year, what we did, um, just because it was our introduction, it was our debut of this series, we were like, we'll just find um, anyone who's you know accessible who has information and is willing mm. to share and this year it was so important for us to just keep it to people who are working so hard to to elevate you know black artists and, and people of color um, so we had Tao from Blue Crane you know we had Kezia from Advance like we mm. really try to focus on that and it proved to be such a challenge like just to find there were like two names you know, in a certain in part of the industry to choose from. And I think that too is, it, it bleeds into everything. It's like the landscape, the, the panelists don't reflect the, the landscape of music, especially mm -hmm. in Toronto where there's so many immigrants. <laughs> it's a whole melting pot. And so it just, it wasn't making sense for us and, and just trying to bridge that void to say, how can artists that, you know, look like us or do the kind of music that we do even feel confident in, in pitching their stuff when you know the workshops we're going to don't reflect that don't reflect anyone yeah. who would understand it and so a lot of times there's just this issue of 
of access, you know, that that comes up and being able to kind of see, being able to kind of see the, the people who are, you know, responsible for opening doors reflect what, you know, the music and, is. And, so, and, then, and then, you know, and then the community got another hit when, you know, um, D90s, what's happening with that station? Is it gone off the air or what? What's happening with what? D987? I... That, that has been a topic I have no idea. I, you're not the first person I've heard um, say it, but it's, it's, it's weird for me. I know I've pitched stuff to them a couple of times in, in many ways <laughs> through the, the phone, through email, through, you know, encountering someone who I know works there. And, and yet, I, I know for me, I've had a difficult time, um, but I know other people who get played consistently and so I'm not I am not sure um as to what what's going on around that because the, um, last, time, the last time I heard about this was like about a month ago and someone said um what was the name when Gemini when known since like 15 mm. 20 years she put this post saying, you know, all good things must come to an end. And, you know, I'm going to miss being the, on the morning show. And then people were like, oh, I just tuned in. And all I'm hearing is music, commercials, and no, no. Yeah. This is, that's beside, well, it's not really beside the point. But the thing is, like, that's another, you know, there's another place that Black music black yeah. music makers took a hit. So it's not there, mm -hmm. right? So, so then what happens is, like, you know, sometimes people have this unfair expectation that there's this one show on CBC that's doing this, therefore they should always, they should just automatically play this stuff. But that, and I understand the frustration, you know, because yeah. there's, there's there's so few outlets. So if there's only one, then everybody wants to sort of get on that. You know what I'm saying? Well, what has the, cause I know, um, you know, even you talking about the, the Black Lives Matter, just mm. uprising during that time and the amount of things that, it was it was so interesting for me i i deliberately tried to stay off social media as much as i could i know a lot of other persons said that during that time um because it just it was just interesting to see how how much you know that hashtag went around how many things came into place like like that because nobody wanted to be part of an organization that wasn't doing something yeah. um, about it but then it just got so quiet <laughs> really yeah. really quiet um and i know too like the block came up um in your frequencies that you host what has the response been like for those shows do you think that there's been an impact from from putting those shows on it's too early to tell because i mean you know radio is just really driven by like ratings and numbers and stuff uh, but mm -hmm. as someone who's very active on social like and this is this is like a whole different workshop. Yeah. It's how you have to invest so much time in social to really push yeah. your show, right? Yeah. Um, so every Tuesday, I'm spending like literally an hour, two hours, like live tweeting, and an hour before scheduling all the tweets. Mm -hmm. And the feedback has been really in, in immense. And actually, we might do a show talking just about the feedback because. Yeah. The feedback to the music we're playing is it kind of transcends going, wow, that's like a hot beat or that's like a, that was, you know, there's a great, that was a great line and that's a great mm -hmm. tune. This is going deeper. This is like the other day, um, I actually posted it on, on Twitter. Uh, I happened to jump into Instagram and a young Iranian woman direct messaged me and she said, you know, I was playing this um, artist by the name of um, Haidia. Mm -hmm. 
And she said, I was in tears when I was listening to it because it took me back home. And, and she said, I've never been, I've never felt more belonged in Canada than when I heard the show. And I was like, wow, just like, yeah. if I died yesterday, like I'd be happy knowing that yeah. you made that kind of, but um, I, we get a lot of that really kind of like straight from the heart. And so mm -hmm. kind of feedback as opposed to, which is nice if someone says, wow, you know, um, her voice gave me chills, which is like amazing, right? Yeah. But when it goes a bit deeper, like I think the first, when the show uh, debuted in February, um, a young black woman on uh, Twitter was like, she goes, you know, it's nice to be finally seen. Yeah. And I was like, wow, man. Yeah. And I'm like, I've been doing this forever. I, I know what you're, where you're coming from, you know, or someone said, we finally have a home or something, right? Yeah. Um, this guy from us, um, you know, Latin hip hop group. Um, so I think on that very kind of like, you know, immediate level, like when I'm tweeting and people are mm -hmm. tweeting back on that day and the next day, you see this very kind of like a really soulful, really thoughtful, yeah. uh, very personal kind of feedback. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what's uh, the, I'm not sure like what kind of feedback the block is getting. I know they were up for an award or they were shot I think they were they won they won an award recently, so at mm -hmm. least that's happening there, which is great. But um, it's tough. I mean, even with those shows, like how how do you get to Angeline? You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, how you know you really have to do your homework. You really have to like listen to the show and go. You know, I think my music is going to be a good fit for your show. You know, here's the link, the Spotify link. Here's the SoundCloud link. Here's my um, Know, website and you know you, here's the latest video that we just did so you make it easy for me to sort of go wow I can yeah. make a decision right now as opposed to going here then everywhere to look for this stuff mm -hmm. so like I'm saying I operate from a different level because from day one whether I was at the Scarborough Mirror or the Sun I was in those clubs you know like mm -hmm. DJ X you know some of you may not even know he had a he took over the hip-hop show that Ron Nelson was doing and he had this really cool event called uh, Live at the Barbecue. And it would happen at, in a small spot in Kensington Market. Yeah. And it was such a chill vibe. There would be like music and food and like local hip hop artists doing their thing. And it was just like, I miss those days. Yeah. And you went there and people would give you the cassette and go, hey, you know, <laughs> check out my thing. Yeah. And people, you know, it was amazing because there was like a real sense of community uh, happening. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm sure it's happening now, but I was right in the thick of it. and. You know, people didn't care, you know, regardless of the son's reputation, they didn't care. They just knew they took you for what, for what you stood for, you know, your values, your, what you were bringing to the table and were like, and I'd be like, come on down. And I would just arrange photo shoots and just like, pretty much it was like anyone I knew who was making good music uh, got a shot at it. And, you know, one time um, Sprocks, he's a um, producer, he's worked with a bunch of people local guy he sent me something on facebook which really kind of almost brought me to tears he's like you know when when you were writing there i remember go, going to the corner store and actually ripping out the page with the mm -hmm. column in it yeah other people you know so i think um i think people feel more comfortable sort of like reaching out going okay um look at what he's tweeting about you know it's about He's, he's tweeting about like white privilege and or you know racism, anti-black mm -hmm. racism, or, or 
tweeting about music from India and stuff and so on. Oh, maybe he, and then they listen to the show and it's like, oh, well, let's put two and two together. And so you send me a direct message on Instagram and say, hey, you know, check my stuff out. Yeah. So I've discovered quite a few artists that way. Yeah. Um, um, like I said, the volume is so much though, like it, it can be pretty overwhelming and yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that too, because um, I was speaking with Zakisha uh, Brown. Yeah. She was our first, our first for, uh, for our first workshop. She was the person that we had. Um, and she was just, we were both kind of talking about how, because she moved to Ghana and I moved to Jamaica. We were kind of just talking about why and the effect that it had on our music. And, you know, you talked about how, like people will study your tweets and, and what you tweet. And it's like, you have to, to explicitly be out there and say, I'm promoting black music. Yeah. You know, it's, which, which I think is something that shouldn't have to be because a lot of, for example, a lot of radio stations or, or radio personalities don't have to do that. Um, and it's yeah. like for you to, to get your music played, you have to find someone who's like, I'm pro-black, which is, it says a lot about about where the industry is. And I was I was saying to her that, yeah, like when I was um, in Toronto, because I do like reggae soul, so it's like a mixture of reggae and soul. And as in Toronto, and there was like a niche community, like there's the same people, there's a small group of people that I could reach out to for you know things to do with reggae and, and getting some exposure with reggae but it was the same like the same personalities the same um you know organizations the same people over and over because they were the only ones who I knew I stood a chance with getting something played um she was kind of echoing that like in in Ghana like she wrote that song about Ghana and people appreciate that yeah. music and they don't look at it as like oh it's coming from a black artist it's just a song that's uplifting them and yeah. their country and they approach it so differently and that's kind of the approach that's here in Jamaica it's like it doesn't really matter you know how you identify in terms of what your complexion looks like and once it comes to music it's just is it good is it not good and that's it like being um I think in more of a formal structure like like Canada it's all the people that you pitch to have like explicitly been on social media you know promoting themselves or through their expression saying that they um they you know promote black music or that yeah. you're pro black like it's it's like you have to explicitly state it because it's almost like you don't have a yeah, chance I did that, I did that yeah so i think i think that's also just an incredible observation and it says a lot about where the industry is and and i think that a lot of even speaking to other persons who are artists and trying to make it, there's a bit of, of fear because like, like I said, like doing Afrowave showed me so much because Lex started out with the, the live shows. I'm like, where are you finding these, these artists? Like we started out with just live shows. The pandemic kind of forced us to switch into to other stuff like the workshop series and, and what we could do online. Um, but starting out with the live shows, he's like, oh, I have 12 artists. This, showcase so I'm like where where are you finding like black artists or latino artists because like I can't understand where you find them right right and we just had an interesting conversation about the fact that you hear it everywhere you know you hear it in in Drake music right? you know mainstream music yeah. adopts so much of 
the cultural sounds and, and just instrumentation, the melodies. Um, I, know, I know as a Jamaican, there are a lot of Jamaican samples that are used in, in mainstream songs and they get played, but me bringing something, you know, that sounds the same probably won't get played. And it, it's, it kind of instills a lot of fear, I think, and just, you know, nervousness for artists because yeah. it's, it's almost like it's, it's not worth it. Like, you, like I said, the constant uphill. Yeah, Let, yeah. You know? I wanted to speak to that. I think, um, you know, regardless of whether you hear back from me or Angeline mm -hmm. or G987, I think, you know, you can't, you know, you, those of you who are listening, you obviously have a thick skin, you know, you're survivors, you know, straight mm -hmm. up survivors in this business because it's, it's, it's hard, it's yeah. cutthroat. You know, there's people that you consider friends that may not be friends anymore. Yeah. Uh, there's always someone who wants to cast an evil eye on you or say some dumb shit, you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't think, you know, any of that stuff should, should really uh, deter you from your goal, which is to just make music mm -hmm. from the heart and soul and put it out there. And you never know uh, one day if it's going to be, whether it's big city or frequencies or the block, um, that something bigger or better might come along and be like, wow, I really like this. Uh, it's happened mm -hmm. many times with, you know, there are artists who've, posted on social media crying because they heard I played a song and they never never yeah. ever thought the music would be played on the radio right um, it's it's tough it really is I mean and you know there's a lot of responsibility too right because like it's like okay now I'm doing these two shows one's kind of both kind of like pushing music from non-white communities so then there's this expectation to like just kind of um, play everything that I get you know and, and I, like I said, I get that because, you know, we are hungry for that, right? We've never had that. So then when it comes along, you're like, okay, well, what, you know, I'm, I'm a black artist and making great music in Toronto. Why is G987 not returning my phone calls? Yeah. yeah. And you can't get bitter about it. You just have to keep on bashing away and, you know, like, you know, uh, like Lexicon and, uh, you know, uh, Phoenix and, and Trippy and them, they just... You know, put those videos out on Instagram and you put the video out on thing and you know you're a lot of self-promotion and you never know where that's gonna land and where it's gonna hit. Mm -hmm. and, you know, when someone like when I move on, like who's gonna host that show, you know? Like yeah. who's like will they say, Well, now you know, okay, we did our part and we're gonna just shelf mm -hmm. it and put something else on the air. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard, but I think you know, props to Afrowave and stuff, you know. Um, thanks, Phoenix, man, I appreciate it. You know, thanks to Afrowave, you know, like, for doing this kind of stuff. Okay, so there's four people, right? I mean, like, at least you, you've put yourself out there and said, well, we want to serve our community, right? At the end of the day, you know, I don't know how many listeners I have, like, or what the ratings are. At the end of the day, like, if I were to be, if God struck me down tomorrow and I could not speak anymore, I'll be like, you know what? That was a hell of a fucking run for 20 something years to like push the music from all these different communities in, in a very kind of respectful way and kind of make their day, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, man. Cut a long story short is you got to keep doing what you're doing, you know? And, you know, the venues are like the, the, the avenues and the platforms seem to be like shrinking. And then you all have to get creative and sort of go, okay. You know, if I have YouTube, which I never had, I mean, when I was in journalism school, we didn't have, there was no online. There's like, there was no internet, right? So that, that's how ancient we are. But now you've got all these things and then use them for what you're worth, you know, like. 
that's 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 the that's the best thing I can do. See, I'm gonna end with this, like th- this comparison, right? Like back in the day, man, when I was writing at the Scarborough Mirror and, and at the Sun and stuff. Remember those days when everybody wanted a record deal? Yep. I think you said, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. How many people give a shit about like chasing a record deal anymore? No, you all are doing like a fantastic job putting your own shit out, man. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be like, can you send me the video? Can you send me an MP3? I'll be like, okay, yo, I got you. Here's a Dropbox. Here are the, here are yeah. the MP3s. Here are the wave files. Here's the latest video. And this is my press release. Mm-hmm. All done by themselves. No, no one's done it for them, right? Self-sufficiency is the way, right? Yeah. To use those avenues and use those platforms for all, for all their worth. Mm-hmm. Because now it's like, okay, Errol can't pay my song. Well, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just we keep... definitely talked about because it's definitely shift, like shifted from from traditional streams, from traditional means of of exposure, and I think. Uh, it's interesting someone was reminding me of this i forgot who said it but it's that creativity is birthed from restriction and i think that comes out so much like i remember uh havaya i met havaya honey jam and just seeing just how much she grew and now her sister is in music um as well put in and there are a lot of other persons um that have just just gone and just just done it without you know traditional means of of getting there just figuring out their own unique unconventional ways of of getting their music heard because you are right that there are so many so many other ways you know to and the respect from from traditional outlets may be weighing in and i think it still does play an important part in in people hearing your music and getting it out but like you said you know it's not the end of the world a lot of stress goes on to those few stations that actually play black music um or you know music from people of color and we have to keep working until it gets there but there are there are ways to get noticed you know as you said so i think there's there's definitely hope <laughs> for yeah. for artists to get to get um, exposure for for their stuff. Uh, before we go in the questions, um, was there anything you wanted to to add before we head in? Yeah, my thing is like since we're talking about radio play, I think my thing is like you know like we talked about earlier, is like don't wait for the traditional places to sort yeah. of say hey we're gonna play your track and you know or no we're not gonna play your track. Mm-hmm. I'll find those ways and means to get it out there, you know. Yeah. Um, people of color, black people, indigenous people, I've been doing this for years. They haven't waited for white folks to come around to sort of say, hey, you know, here's a, here's a helping hand. You just do your own shit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the jazz scene in London, England, and in Britain is amazing. Like the black British jazz scene. Like, yeah, true. <laughs> I've played several yeah. of them on my show, and they're just phenomenal. And they, they haven't waited for anyone to come around. Yeah. And you know, you're talking about jazz. How <laughs> many people are playing jazz on the radio these days? You know, I, mean, I try my best to to put on 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 both the shows, but I think you know, the thing is to really do your homework and sort of go, okay, if I want to get on the block, uh, will my track fit there? You know, mm-hmm. and if it does, then how do I go about reaching this person at the block? Yeah. Right. And then when you do reach out to that person, that make that first impression go. Hey, you know, love the show. Um, you know, been listening to it since you started, and I think my song might be a good fit. 
here's a bit about myself. Here's the wave file. Uh, here's the video. If you need, if you can, great. If you can play it, great. If not, mm -hmm. whatever. You know what I'm saying? You don't even have to say that. So that's the very kind of like that 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 initial point of contact. So then, so my I wrote just the three points was research and reach out, right? So reach out is like not just the block, but who who, who would play this, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you have to do your homework then. Reach out in a very kind of professional way, and you know, if social media sometimes too, um, and then follow up and go, hey, you know, did you get this? And you know, is there anything you can do with it? And at that time, you have to be ready for people to say, well, you know, for me, like if, like I said earlier, if, if I'm so overwhelmed with stuff, I'll just pass it on to my two producers yeah. and go, they've got it. It's up to them because I can't really listen to everything I'm going to play. Yeah. Um, that that's really like my my kind of. Um, you know, my, that's, that's, that's the way I'm kind of like operating, you know? Yeah. That's the best advice I can give. I hope everyone's taking notes. Please take notes. They know everything. <laughs> they, they, they know everything. <laughs> yeah, to add to that, one thing that actually, um, is that he just said the same thing too, uh, health in terms of get in access, I know we're talking about Canadian radio, but one thing that actually helped me to get access to people in the Canadian industry was looking outside of the Canadian industry. Like I found people in Jamaica who, like I'm Jamaican, I'm doing reggae soul. There's gonna be, you know, a plethora of, of outlets that I could reach out to. And once, you know, I got airplay or I got to do an interview here, then I would use that as part of my press kit to reach out to Canadian um, outlets and, and that really helps. So that's that's kind of one thing that's been echoed in the series is just go where you are valued, see what you can do there, how you can make a name there and use that to introduce other people to you. So that's one yeah. thing that, you know, that really helped. I know for me and I know Zakisha said the same thing and we've had it kind of echoed through the series is like, you're in the Canadian industry, but music is so global now that it's... It's interesting you make that point about Jamaica because I in, I interviewed an artist. He was um, nominated for a Juno in the gospel category. Mm -hmm. I forget his name now. Uh, he's originally from Jamaica and we had a good conversation. It was for the SoCan magazine, which is like a national magazine, words and music. And he said to me, like, I, I just really tried to succeed in Jamaica but yeah. they they were like your version of gospel is not gonna yeah. you know they told they told him you need to leave the country and he did and he moved to Saskatchewan which is like yeah. the coldest province in the world I guess and the guy got nominated for a Juno yeah. award like, yeah you know you have to go you, know, you have to go where, where yeah, I tell, you know people like you know when you have roots in the city to just kind of pick up and leave but I mean if that's what it's going to take if you want not to physically guys we don't have to make the big jump <laughs> and go to a whole other country but I mean you know just like scouting online making connections online like everybody's basically online these days you know I know like the first time I got played in Jamaica and, and uh, while we're closing up here I know it's just a much smaller group today but if you have any questions um, feel free to send them to the Q&A so that we can address them I know Gio always has questions. Gio, do you have a question for us today? 
for places like CBC, getting a writer for some kind of press does great for an artist when they're trying to reach out to other platforms, but I don't know where to start when it comes to who to reach out to, the f to find the people to contact. Um, most shows have, like I know most shows have um, an email address. Mm -hmm. So let me just check and see if the blog has something like that, okay? I think the blog did post one of their earlier posts was if you want to send music to us, you submit it here. Um, but I I forget what the email is now. Hold on. Um. Yeah, there's a picture of Angeline, but they don't show. No, thank you. I mean, I can, I mean, I'm in the system there, so I could find out, but I, I'm not sure if anybody is seeing, it just tells you, oh yeah, it is. Oh, it tells you to follow the block on social, but they have the Instagram and well, I would hit them if they say that they have, you know, I don't know if you've, if anyone here has tried reaching to them on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. There was a picture, um, I think it was only posted once or twice though, about submitting um, with an email, but I cannot recall what it is now. It's one of the early, you'll probably have to scour through the... Um, yeah, please, visit us. And there's a playlist and there's a picture of Shad's album. Um, yeah, they don't make it very easy to... Not at all. They don't make it easy, whereas I'm there a lot. So folks are just like, um, hey, you know, um, here's my latest track. But yeah, that requires some digging. I guess you have to find out like, mm -hmm. usually the CBC Media Center would have that stuff. But if anyone on this list wants to know how to get in touch with them, I, I mean, it should be hard. I can, I can find that information and send it to you. Okay. You know? But it's a two hour show, right? I mean. So yeah, Matthew, sorry. Um, Matthew there. Um, sorry yeah. if, I don't, if I'm not answering the question, but um, I don't know who, what other shows would. Oh yeah. Um, there is a thing for um, CBC Music um, submissions. Here you go. I'm gonna put this in the thing. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, this would be it. Yeah, hold on, guys. I have one. Yeah. There you go. And what some people are doing, let me jump into my email and I'll show you exactly what, um, how some folks are doing this. Okay, hold on. Okay. I'll show you exactly what, what we get on our end. So you see the whole process, okay? 
give me one sec because I have to do this verification on my phone. So if you were to do that, like say Phoenix were to do that, um, I would, this is what it would look like. So, um, I would get an email from CBC Music Library, right? The CBC Music Library, because we have this massive, right? And it would say something like this. Hold on a second. Um, I'm, I'm looking for a better example, just bear with me. So, see, this, is an, this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Okay, here's the chat. So this, this person uh, went to that link, clicked on it and then sent this. So I've taken out his name but in the subject, it says two big city, small world. And you see it there, music.library at cbc.ca. So what folks are doing there, they would be like, in, in, the, in the subject line, they would be big city, small world, the block frequencies. So they would say, hey, you know, um, we're big fans of your program. We'd like to submit a track that would fit into your playlist mandate. Uh, is a Jamaican musician graphic designer, a Mennonite school teacher, and an Italian sound designer. Um, so that's like pretty interesting stuff. So mm -hmm. they, they would do that. So they would send, so what CBC, the people who monitor that email, they would send it to me, yeah. uh, Angeline, and to Jared, who um, hosts a show called Reclaim, which is like 100% indigenous music. Yeah. So that's what artists would do. Mm -hmm. So you know, if Phoenix sent in a song and she'd be like, you know, this is for consideration for, you know, um, Big City and The Block. And then she would write this letter and all the links would be there and I'd be good to go. Yeah. If she doesn't have to go, hey, you know, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to slip into this guy's DMs. Yeah. Uh, and they want to go through a more official way than you go through that, you know? Yeah. The other thing I know, um, she does that all the time, but <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I know helps, um, is if you listen, like if you listen to a station in the morning, um, or, you know, whenever, and you hear a segment that sounds like your music could fit into that. That's what I used to do. I would find out who hosts that segment and then I would call the station or yeah. email the station and, and see if I can get directly to them. Cause a lot of, Times you can access these people, but when you send to a main email, it's probably not the priority email of the day, you know, when the person sits down <laughs> to go through everything. No, but they, they do a pretty good job. I mean, th that, yeah, that is thought, they do a good job. Like, we get a lot of those. And so sometimes yeah. we'll discover stuff through them. Um, and that's for people who may not know who the host is and yeah. have reservations about. Uh, direct messaging them and going, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so and this is my new track and let me know yeah. what you think of it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Some, sometimes I know, because uh, even like with CBC, like you have a, a an email designated to uh, 
stuff for you that we can directly reach yeah. you at. So I know that there are some, most stations do have that. Um, so even if you could get access to that email, um, then that also helps you out as well. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. Like, like I said, too, you can do this for Canadian radio. You can do it for for international stations. I The first time I got played on... Uh, it's funny. It's funny. The first time I got played on Canadian radio, I was living in Jamaica. And the first time I got played on Jamaican radio, I was living in Canada. So, so it's very interesting how it works. Um, but you can you can do the same thing like globally. Just yeah. you know, let find out. Especially if you have someone on the ground, you know, like what the stations are, what they're doing. A lot of stations have websites that you can go and check out. Listen to some of the segments online. Yeah. Um, and, but it, it, it's a lot of research and you have to be, sometimes it can be a lot of research and you have to be committed to it, but you, there are people that you can ultimately, you know, access. Yeah. Those are just some of the yeah. ways. Any more questions before we were you able to? Yes, I was able to hear myself on radio. I, there was probably once uh, or twice that somebody sent it to me, but um, I did get to, it was pretty good. I record it every time and I act the same way every time <laughs> just to say how much, you know, it's, it's good to hear, to hear your track being played back to a large group of people through something traditional, like, like radio, um, seeing it up on YouTube is one thing and, and hearing it on Spotify, but being able to be played on radio is a pretty good feeling. So research and keep at it and what i noticed is once you've made i know the few stations i've connected with out here um once you make that connection and you know you reach out and you thank them or you post the song being played and you're like oh thank you so much to cbc or you know zip 103 or whatever the station is um for playing my song a lot of times they will actually reach out to you about new stuff that you have, or they'll be more welcome to you sending mm -hmm. them new tracks that you have. So it's, it's all about building connections. Like if they play you and you heard it, but you don't, you know, you don't say thanks, you don't do anything at all, then it's kind of hard yeah. to have that connection with you because at the end of the day, you are hearing it through a machine, but the people that are playing are humans. And, you know, we all can appreciate when that gratitude is shown. So that's also a good thing that kind yeah, of- Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, in closing, I think, mm -hmm. you know, the artists, I guess it's all about context. So the artists that, that we are championing, you know, um, they're really like, I mean, even if they don't say it, I just, yeah. you, you know, you really get a sense that they really appreciate and grateful because mm -hmm. it's like, who else is playing Afrobeat? So who else is playing? <laughs> you know, like we've played like, we played um we played a on frequencies two weeks back, we played a twelve minute instrumental song featuring John McLaughlin, who's one of the best jazz and just guitarists in the world, yeah. with with an Indian slide guitarist. Well someone yeah. says I remember that track. It was an incredible track. And we just played the whole thing and my producer and I were like, let's do it. And we did it. Yeah. You know, um so you know, kind of breaking those kind of like boundaries or whatever mm -hmm. but people I mean yeah they appreciate it because it's like no one else is taking a chance with it so you'll be mm -hmm. along comes someone who's really genuinely excited about the music and says you know send it to me mm -hmm. one thing though 
And you also, as an artist, you, once you make that initial point of contact, you want to make it as easy as possible for the person to like make it happen. I mean, there are times when I just get tired of chasing somebody. Yeah. I'm like, fuck it. I just got other things to do. Especially with the volume that comes to you. You know, everyone, everyone knows your name in the industry, you know, so. It's like I you get this stuff and you're trying your best to like reach out to everybody because you know that you were at that point, you know, um, and, and you know, when you wanted someone to take a chance with you, right? When, the, when I was looking for writing gigs, I mean, I there were there was almost like one time there was a whole year where I, you know, I thought I had a pretty strong resume and I was just I couldn't find work in the city in the city of Toronto. You know, I was like, what do you want me to do yeah. with all the stuff that you've done, right? So I would just say keep banging away, man. If you don't hear from a certain show, just keep keep on doing it. And then when you have something new, you can send it along. You know, like some tracks will hit and some tracks won't. Yeah. yeah. I think that is a good point to leave it on if nobody has any. Oh, we have a last minute question. Uh, it would be in my interest to message them directly with someone. Just you first. Okay. <laughs> okay, Matthew, sounds good. I will drop, uh, I'll actually drop both of uh, the emails for Afrowave. We are very approachable. You're looking at me right now. You could like, have a whole conversation with me. Um, and lexicon's the same. Uh, so I'll just drop the emails in here and then just close out really quickly. So if you're trying to um, collaborate with us on something like this, uh, something more on the business side or operational wise, then you can reach me at operations at afterwave.co.com. Um, our general email, so this is where you can send submissions. Right. Um, like oh you know what i'll keep that too in case okay um we we play someone on the show who might be a good fit you know yes. i can pass yeah yeah so you can submit it's in our bio on instagram as well you can submit to info at afterwave thank you d connor I'm glad you enjoyed um like errol said we get a huge volume because people are now starting to um kind of pin us under that category of supports black music. So we get a lot and we have a small team. We can't get through them all the time or as yeah. as you may hope, but please do send your stuff that, you know, to that email, the info at afterwaveteal.com. Um, and we will try to get through to it. Um, when we're having a showcase, we kind of just go through all the ones we've gotten and, and select artists from that. Um, so feel free to do that. Uh, Lex is also accessible if you email there and just kind of direct it to him. He'll read through it. Or if I get the email, I'll read through it and then we'll get back to you. Um, you know, that's a good point. And I know we've gone over time and it's been a long day for me too. I thought, I thought all day today. Okay. But uh, what, um, you know, Connor said that, you know, um, um, it's shocking that in a city like Toronto that has four major dailies, that mm. there's not... Um, that there are hardly any music journalists in any of those papers. It's, it's absolutely shocking to me that, that that's, that's the case right now. Um, you know, when, when, this, when, when we were blasting away the sun, we had one main music writer, John Sakamoto, who did like top 40, like the big stuff, like he would interview Stevie Wonder and Celine Dion and all these people, right? Um, Kieran Grant, a good friend of mine, he had a, his, his scene was just independence and what was happening in the local clubs, right? So a lot of independent music. 
my thing was like world hip hop global jazz right yeah three music writers man and now there are none anywhere like i don't think any paper has music writer for what's happening in the city like we have no issue filling the show every saturday yeah. at all yeah granted frequencies is a bit i wouldn't even say easier because it all takes a lot of curating and a lot of like you know really going for like quality stuff so frequencies the national show is more of like half is global and half is canadian and then parity half women half men right um but um that there's nothing like that in toronto and like so like the the, the point being like i can't i can find this stuff um thank you appreciate it thank you thank you sujia um uh, it's just it's 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 just it's embarrassing like the some some of the stuff that we're playing on on big city even that's coming out from toronto is just like mm-hmm. holy shit man yeah this is crazy yeah. and some of the stuff that we get in the afterwave email like, they end up on my personal playlist a lot of t- a lot of times because it's really good quality and i think the quality of independent stuff has gone up so much is that if you want to be in the game you have to hit that bar as well so a lot of the things that we get end up on my personal playlist yes i listen to you guys over and over um i know even lex will like talk about some of the artists that are in and just you know how they perform in the showcase so there's a lot of stuff so it's 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 so unfortunate that there aren't enough outlets to you know have everyone be able to get that yeah. kind of exposure because there is some some really good work geo are you talking about uh, the national show or big city big city oh big city shit um this is the one for the national um oh yeah you can uh, just go to listen yeah um hold on a sec um yeah hold on yeah it's usually oh here we go did your research for you man <laughs> Yeah. Now we'll just close up after. So there are the links to you and anyone else who wanted to access them. Uh just in closing, thank you so much Earl for oh, coming God. and doing this. Um just based on the conversation that we've had like I tell panelists all the time, it means so much especially, you know, to me as an artist to face the same struggles that we discuss all the time in these workshops. um that you were so willing i emailed him guys and he was just like yes when when is it what do you need from me sure. <laughs> so that that means so much and we thank you so much for coming on and sharing all the information that you did and and all your experience we really really appreciate it um to everyone who came on tonight thank you so much for coming on as well i tell people all the time we could have the workshops but it would not mean the same it would not be the same if you guys weren't in and and chat in with us and ask thanks me. man it was, a, it was a small group but like really really engaged thank so you. No, thank and, you you know I, i wish you all the luck guys i know it's it's, it's tough but we can do it do your thing man yeah. 
on the shoulders so, of the ancestors, as they say, right? Yeah. <laughs> so just in closing, if you want to hear the workshops again, they will all be up on our website. And I put that in earlier. I'll just throw it back in here really quickly again. So you have that or you can email us um, and that'll be up shortly. So you can listen or share with those who didn't get to. Um, and just thank you. Thank you to everyone for especially those who are in for all the workshops. I hope you have a great night. Be safe, guys. Stay safe. Take, take care. Thanks a lot, Chris. We'll talk. Eh? Thank you, too. All right. Bye.